Hello and welcome to I Don't Get It, the pop culture get off my lawn cast, featuring the open-minded musings of two mid-elderly late 40s curmudgeons. Staring at the prospect. Mid-elderly late 40s. Qual- qualifier, qualifiers, qualifiers. Yeah, Ooh. qualify all the They way. are staring on the prospect of entertainment relevance, as we all know. I am your co-host, one of those elderly curmudgeons. My name is Bill Scurry. I uh, work at something called American Caesar Enterprises, which is a rideshare service, except with attack choppers. Okay, so the attack choppers, if you need a ride, the attack choppers pick you up? Do they yes. attack people on their way to your destination? Well, maybe they do. You know, sometimes you watch the little the little icon on the map. Is It's like, it's like, are you going to get here or not? It looks like it's stuck in an intersection, but he's probably raiding a village somewhere in, like, Kabul. You know, that's the problem. So you're, so, okay. you're sitting there waiting, so, and the number, you're like, he says 15 minutes, and the number goes up to 16 minutes. It's like, can you please just get oh, here? Oh, because I'm they like, have to attack someone. I yeah, see. I just, I want to so get, I want to get picked up, please. So is the driver dictating who we're attacking, or can I book a ride through you and tell you I want to attack this destination? Uh, or is that, that's, that's up to the driver's prerogative. I think because there's two seats, there's a forward seat and a back seat. They're just trying to amortize the fact that it's like, okay, you'll sit in there. It's a little bit like sometimes they tell you on like Uber Eats or something. It's like, oh, this will go faster if you don't mind two deliveries going out on the same bicycle. No, no, instance, no, I understand. You know? But like if I'm a customer. Yes. I go on the American Caesar app. Yeah. I say, okay, I want to get to, you know, Brooklyn. Yeah. I'm in Manhattan. I want to ride to Brooklyn. Yes. This attack chopper is going to take me to Brooklyn. Yes. Can I add on, by the way, on the way, can you bomb this, you know, restaurant yes. that screwed up my order yesterday? Yeah, no. So I can dictate the, the, the attacking, not just the destination. Well, what we're, we're working on that. If you go to the app right now, that's an, <laughs> it's an in-development panel. It's, an, it's a button that will it's come later. It's in beta later. right it's now. It's in beta. Yeah, okay. we got some okay. testing going on. You know, right now, the, the, the attacking is only in eastern Pennsylvania. We haven't moved oh, over. Oh, I see. Yet. I see. That's where okay. the beta is taking place. That's a test market. The, right, the, the, the greater Wilkes-Barre metropolitan is where the attacks I, I, can happen right I, now. I, I look forward to your development, and I might be interested in, in investing. Yeah, I think so. Um, Okay, well, my name is Noah Tarno. I'm the founder and the senior quiz master of a real thing, which is the big quiz thing. The trivia game show spectacular. Yeah, that's right, buddy. That's right. We ain't in beta, baby. 20 years in. 20 fuck. I did 20 fucking years. Uh, First first Sopranos quote comes three minutes in, friends. Um, Anyway, uh, yeah, welcome to the show. We talk about stuff that's hot, that's happening. Trying to keep up. And uh, uh, this week, it's a top, you know, usually it's a pop culture thing. It's a movie. It's a TV show. It's a singer. It's a band. It's a it's a video game. You know, there's that new Legend of Zelda video game, Bill. We yeah, it looks pretty cool, doesn't it? I don't have that. Uh, I, don't, I, don't, I, I have literally never played a Zelda video game, not once in my life. Really? Oh, that's a tough one to get into. I'm not I, a video, you know, I'm yeah, still Tetris no, all the way. Well, I mean, Legend of Zelda was like day one or day two Nintendo. I know. I was days. not day one. I did not have a Nintendo game system. That's true. Yeah. I, was, I was flat out offered before my bar mitzvah. My parents' friends said, what do you want? A CD player or a Nintendo and I thought about it, and I said, you know what? I'd rather be the music guy than the video game guy. And you so I got the CD player. You chose so poorly. I don't know what to tell I you. I chose so, and then I bought a bunch of REM CDs, and, and that was, that was, that was his, the rest is history. Uh, anyway, so, but this topic this week is not, it's, it's sort of pop culture, but it's, uh, it's, it's a news thing, and uh, it's going on. You've heard about it. Bill, tell us what is our topic this week. We're talking about the WGA strike. Oh, wait, sorry. WGA, Writers Guild of America strike. Um, yes. Which the WGA sh- strike. Wait, wait, they're, they're striking because they disagreed with, um, what's the acronym? Uh, oh, uh, Ambitipup. 
Amptup. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Amptup. Amptup. So the WGA Writers Guild strike. I'm sure you guys already know about this, but there's so much to talk about. It is a labor action which was begun on Tuesday, May 2, 2023, when the said Writers Guild of America called a stop to all work when it could not come to an amiable agreement on working conditions and compensation with the AMPTP calling back to what Noah just said. What is the WGA? Who Who's in the WGA, Bill? That is a collection of two guilds, WGA West and WGA East, of which we have friends in both. I'm positive that actually, if you're listening to this, you probably have friends in both as well, because we are sort of a, um, I don't know, I feel like our, we have a lot of friends who live in both California and New York uh, and who, who are business-centric uh, in this business we call show. Uh, but they are working television writers, anybody or not just television writers, but anybody who works in uh, something that could be considered um, entertainment. Generally, it's film. I don't know if it's video games per se. Um, no, know. it's not video games. Yeah, this is all the weird thing. You know, it's like the, the whole idea of these guilds and who the constituents are and and what they could get compensated for, what they're entitled to, is really why they're rewriting the rules in real time. And we'll, I'm sure we'll dash it. We'll dash some of that apart as we uh, we, we talk about this. Um, but the AMPTP stands for the Alliance of Motion Picture and Television Producers. That is essentially the guild representing what you'd call the studios. So we yeah, were, but you know what? I heard something that said calling them studios is really outdated. I know, Think but about it. I'm saying Warner they, no. Brothers they do a lot more than a studio. Well, that's why Netflix, Amazon for the purpose really for the purpose of this studios. for the purpose of this conversation, just like everything I've listened to over the last you know three weeks or so, we're going to use the metonym studios. That is studios. Yeah, that's, okay. I mean, it's not accurate to a degree, but it's. It's like saying everything's Hollywood is not show business because Hollywood is the planet Earth right now. You know I mean? It's it's funny when you think about it to call it movie trailers. Yes. They don't trail the movie; they precede the movie. I don't right? know. I don't know where that that's that's, that's a misnomer. But that trailer started because they came after the movie. Right. And they moved them to before the movie wisely, and, and they still call them trailers. So they, they actually, their name is sort of the opposite of what they do. You know, in the, editing, in the editing term, anybody who sort of makes media, they call a speaker, a, an audio speaker, they call it a monitor. And it's like, oh, yes. that's really confusing yeah. lingo. Well, yeah, you're not, mo- well, but you're, by, you, by hearing from what's coming yeah. from the speaker, you're monitoring the sounds, right? It is. But I grew up in a world where that's a visual thing for a cathode ray that's, tube with a monitor of I some know, sort. I know. It's right, anyway. The English the English language is an amazing thing. Don't get me started. So the last strike, um, which you know, those of you with uh, some long memories may remember, two thousand seven, two thousand eight. Um, and that, in particular, um, I'd say the grounding issue for that was the so-called content for new media. As it had, it, and that was the first time it was like engaging with that, the idea that the Writers Guild needed to define the terms of what they were and were not being mm-hmm. paid for, and how little they were being paid for. And, and new media at the time was basically the internet. Yes, you know, exactly. It was becoming feasible to watch TV or movies on the internet. Right. That, was, was, that was a new concept. The, like NBC.com, if you if you went back to yeah. such a thing, they would have streaming content, HBO.com. I like, mean, Net, Netflix. I mean, when did Netflix... House of Cards was the first big Netflix original show, right? Yeah, it was around 2010 or so. That was a big year for them. All right. Yeah. Okay, but but it was on the horizon. It was on yeah, the horizon. yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, that was the... The new media was the last time we got the loggerheads, and that was that was a long strike. That actually did some damage. You know, the studios did not want to pay guild minimums for... 100 days 100 days days. yeah that's that's not insignificant um so the issues at the heart of this discussion at this time 
It's the same thing. It's new technology. It's the underlying, you know, labor issues you've had with a gigantic group of studios have gotten rich beyond belief. And not only that, but a new uh, wrinkle in technology, which needs to be um, dealt with, is AI, the use of AI in development. Um, you know, that's a changing landscape. People keep saying it's a changing landscape of what is made and how it's built. Uh, so it's no secret that streaming has upended the business. Netflix is still the innovative forerunner with all the other networks still chasing the model Netflix designed. People thought they were going to be able to vault over Netflix. Apple thought they were going to be, um, you know, Prime, um, App, uh, Disney Plus. Like these people got into the business thinking, thanks, Netflix. We'll take it from here because this is our core competency. <laughs> and Netflix has yeah. proven they still do it better than anybody else. The, the, yeah. pan, the pandemic flattened the playing field and, and, and really pushed back, helped push back some of these giant media uh, companies. Anyway, so Netflix is still the uh, outlier in this in this respect. Since, like you hinted at, Noah, since Orange is the New Black, House of Cards, and a few other uh, shows launched Lodos 13 or so years ago. so But the, the brass tacks are, now there are more shows than ever before, however, yes. fewer episodes therein yes. than in previous epochs, with a yes. vastly altered process about how those shows are designed. And one of the other things that I'm just learning about from this, since I've been paying attention since the strike started, there's a, a new concept called the mini room, which is an ad hoc thing that's been designed since the advent of streaming. It's more or less like a kludge or a work, what is it called? Workflow, be, no, a workaround becomes workflow, as I was once told uh, back in the old days of de desktop publishing. So a mini room is a group, a small group of writers that are essentially con convened to build a show on spec, which means you design it blind for sale. Uh, and no job security. Yeah, none whatsoever. I mean, you know, you're I mean, think about it. If you got a writing job on a sitcom mm -hmm. and it hits, you're you got a job for a few years probably. Right? If, if they, if but, they, but if this they is just you go from six episode season to six episode season. There's yeah. no job security anymore, and syndication has collapsed. Yes, and residuals have collapsed. Yes, and uh, uh, DVD physical, like everything physical in this media country, sales used to be right, and like everything in this country, you know, people aren't paying more. People uh, wages aren't raising with inflation. But yes, the mini room is a workaround. I didn't quite understand it. It's more like. We're going to have writers throw ideas in a bowl, and that's all the work we're going to give them instead yeah. of actually having them sit down and write an episode. Yeah, well, the idea being— Am I the, right about that? Yeah, yeah. The, the mini room is that you know you design the show, you come up with a kernel for it, then the sale happens, then the pitch happens, and the thing is what happens is in that case, the producers take it over, and the writers, you know, you got a kill fee. You were in there. Your idea, you may have helped birth— I don't know, the fucking nanny. I'm coming up with a show from 30 years ago. But the idea was that if, if it's a runaway hit, if it's something that really strikes gold— you're out of it, and even though your your work and your ideas went in there, you were you were you were paid a finite fee. Uh, you know, we could say this is the same thing with like you know the guys who created Captain America, or you know they were given a one time thing, and everybody made yep. billions except yep. for the guys who invented the fucking and, characters. And technology has made it so that the studios or whatever you want to call them can be much more opaque about a show's success. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, they right. They yeah. The, one of the one of the issues is the writers want to say, okay, I helped create. House of Cards, right? Let's just, I don't know. Uh, what's, a, what's a newer show? I helped create Succession, okay? I was, I was paid a flat fee. I want to be paid, since Succession is such a runaway hit, at least as far as streaming shows go, I want to be paid commensurate with that. So maybe give me, you know, X cents per, you know, person who watches it. I don't know how they break it down. And uh, because of technology, uh, HBO or whoever 
can be very opaque yeah. about the success. And Netflix is the worst. They, Netflix is the worst. Right. They don't want to share the stats because they know if they share the stats, uh, labor, a.k.a. the writers, are going to want a piece of it. Yeah. So Something that's, that was, that's a big crux of it. Right. A.C. Right? Nielsen used to spread this stuff around. It was very reliable. I mean, I'm dating myself because we're talking about shit that's, at this point, 20 years out of vogue. But it was a standard playing field. And there's no such thing as A.C. Nielsen anymore. It just doesn't exist. So the metrics, the metrics are thrown out into the trash. You have no idea what it is. Writers are completely unstable. So since May 2, uh, much of live programming landscape went dark, uh, leading with yep. late, late night shows and things of that like. Yep. And Oh, poor Jimmy Fallon. Jimmy Fallon was happy. No, actually, it's not true. Oh, you know what it was? It was a funny There were writers for Jimmy Fallon? I, I thought know. he just got out and played, you know, played hopscotch with a with a celebrity, and that was the show. Fucking right? refrigerator magnet uh, monologues, exactly. Yeah. yeah, exactly. But apparently, you know, it's like guys like Myers saw this coming, and Myers and Myers, Kimmel, and uh, all the Jimmys in the sets of the world shut their shows down. Kimmel and Myers continue to pay their writers. Uh, Jimmy Fallon didn't until he was shamed oh. into doing so. It's so stupid. It's so stupid. I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh, how perfect. How perfect. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Anyway, um, so that was the first thing that went down. They, and SNL, these shows, like, that's their... their, yeah. their bailiwick. SNL season is done. Their yeah. bailiwick is to say, we're, like, this is our, we're writers, and so we're going to kill the show. No matter what happens, that's the first casualty. And, you know, they're happy to do so. And then, like, I just read Last of Us, a uh, frequent show topic, or one-time show topic, rather. Last of Us was about to go into season two production they were about to start doing um you know giant uh, casting out in western canada but they had to slam on the brakes for that and so hbo is going to have to like count out this for a while they have no idea when last of us is going to come back on the programming grid and then in some cases you got people like seth mcfarlane who's a writer and a producer guild member but also a member of the amtp too i'm assuming he opted to go dark uh in solidarity with the guild even though he you know he kind of picked that not all the guys did that, but he decided we're not going to make any new episodes of, um, I don't know, Orville or, or, or whatever the fucking cartoon is, uh, Family Guy. Just, you know, that, that's... Whatever the fucking... Car- it's been on for 25 years. Oh, Jesus, yeah. It so, spawned so it a billion memes and yeah. you don't remember the name. Sorry, excuse me. Um, so and, and here's the thing. Social media has been filled with images of picket lines consisting of celebrity writer types. And people, like, the, the they were really wise... Because they, I'm sure they did this last time, but the signs have this gigantic white blank where essentially everyone personalized their sign with black Sharpie to put a pretty... And, and these are writers, so of yeah, course they want to personalize. They're pretty clever. Yes. Pretty clever stuff. Yeah. So it made it, it made for good Insta. It made for good Twitter. There's a lot of... There's a lot of like, like collecting the best sign memes and stuff like that. And again, you know, like I was going to say that there's... People like, uh, uh, what is it, Karaszewski and, and, and celebrity writers were getting on the line in baseball caps. Guys like um, Colin Jost, and, or Colin Yost, rather. And, you know, it was like the idea is... Pro- wait, it's pro- it's pronounced Yost? Is it Yost? Jost? Whatever, the guy from I SNL. thought it was Jost. Yeah, I it's pronounced it. Johansson now. Yeah, it is. So, um, like, again, the idea, depending on like what is what is your idea of a celebrity writer? Because amongst writers, there are people who are in, Mike, you know, Mike Schur, yeah. guys who invented I, I, I saw a photo of Damon Lindelof. Yeah, picket line. Yeah, real, real heartthrob guy that you would, you know, you would get a table at uh, Ch- Ernie Chazen's, and you would say, "Oh, that's Damon Lindelof for sure. I can recognize him from across the room." Him, he's actually I, John I Wayne. actually have no idea what he looks exactly. like. I just know, I just know who he is. And 
and that and, guy ain't hurting. That guy ain't hurting for money. No, he's he's but, on he's on the producer phalanx of this as well as the writer. He's, yeah, you know, well, he's he 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 gets it, and maybe that that you know that says good things about him. Oh yeah, yeah, it definitely does. It definitely yeah. does. So lo- looming, um, you know, maybe one of the this is just over the last day or so this dropped is that you know the 2023 Tony Awards are coming in June, so only about a month away, and it looks for sure. They wanted to do a Hail Mary by getting a dispensation. They wanted a waiver from the guild to, to keep the show up. And the thing is, it's like the guild said, there's no fucking way. First of all, you Look know. The Tonys. Who cares? The, they're the, the Tonys, Tonys who gives a shit. It's like the ratings are a couple million people. They're so. Now, not, not that they're beneath notice, but it's like. I'm no, the, the, I mean, I, I love Broadway, but I'm always amazed that the Tonys are on TV because how many yeah. people see those shows? Right, you know? exactly. But the thing is, they yeah. said, you know, the big thing is like, well, if anybody asks for a waiver, let's say you even invent a reason to get the Tonys a waiver. That means everyone's going to ask for a waiver. The whole point I of know. doing this yeah. is to, to inflict pain. You got, there's got to be there's got to be some pain, you know. So yeah. the thing is, it's like, well, uh, well, we'll get to it, but it's you know, the pain is not just the producers. Let's be clear about that. Right, I mean, right. There's a lot of sacrifice here by innocent parties. Exactly, but the, well, I mean, this is a calculated gambit. But also, let's we're going to talk about the idea that you know who the constituents of the Writers Guild are and why the Writers Guild is a different uh, labor entity than, than its commiserate uh, labor entities like the DGA and ACE and things like that. Uh, so Noah, what, what did you, what did you glean from this, uh, run around? Well, this is a big, big topic. Um, I mean, you could tell that was probably our longest introduction ever and we're going to have a lot to say. So I'm, I'm guessing, Bill, this is going to be a plus size episode. Maybe. Do you hear that noise, by the way? No. My cat, well, it's intermittent. She's, she's playing with my headphones. Cable? White Apple headphones. And oh, yeah, I see. No, it's cute. It's cute. I'm not going to stop her. Yeah. Um, this is a big topic. This is fucking awesome. This is the greatest topic we've talked about um, in the history of the show, 250-something episodes, uh, with an asterisk since it's, you know, as I said, it's not really a pop culture trend. So I often talk about both on the show and in life how the older I get, the more I think I'm becoming a lefty. I mean, I've always been a lefty, although as a kid I had my, like, my idiosyncratic couple of right-wing issues. I was pro-death penalty. I'm not anymore. A couple other things. But the older I get, the more I think I'm a lefty. I'm not a socialist, maybe not yet. I'm still very much a capitalist. But I'm definitely more cynical about capitalism since, frankly, I'm more cynical about human nature. I believe in government, and I believe in American government, the American ideal. Yes, not the American reality, but the American ideal of by the people, for the people, of the people. The world and our country has big, big problems. And these are problems that people cannot solve as individuals because human nature is extremely flawed. And the idea behind government, specifically the American government ideal, is that we will get together and in good faith we will come up with solutions that benefit, create freedom and opportunity for the most people. I think the idea of small government, you know, the 80s Republican ideal of government that you could drown in a bathtub, I think is naive. The free market is not all-knowing. And hey, everyone's a big government liberal after their town is destroyed by a hurricane. So one thing that frustrates me and concerns me about AI, and AI is just part of this issue, but, you know, they are anticipating it. A lot of the memes are about AI and... You know, they want the studios to grapple with AI other than what they're saying is, oh, we're going to have a meeting about it every year. But they, they, they see that on the horizon. And one of the things that really concerns me about AI is that government is not stepping up enough to help people now with, you know, how difficult life is getting. Imagine if a third of all the jobs out there are made obsolete by AI. 
you know, uh, sci-fi utopia stories that imagine computers and robots doing everything and we'll all just work one hour a week and we'll all have leisure time. All of that assumes a very robust safety net, which we don't have and we're not moving enough in that direction. You know, working an hour a week is not so nice if you have to work 8,000 hours a week to afford food, shelter, and healthcare. But as I said, this is more than AI. So let me quote from The Hollywood Reporter where they quote, of all people, Phil Lamar. You know who Phil Lamar is? Yeah, the voice, uh, the cartoon voice, yeah. He's been a thousand cartoon voices. I I know him mainly as uh, Green Lantern in the Justice League cartoons. He was on Mad TV, but... His greatest acting uh, role was Marvin in Pulp Fiction. Marvin in Pulp Fiction, the guy who gets his head blown off in the car. Oh, I shot Marvin um, in the face. I shot Marvin in the face. God, I love that scene. Uh, anyway, Phil Lamar, who is also a writer. So, so this is a quote from Hollywood Reporter. Actor Phil Lamar, a newly minted WGA member at work on an unspecified NBC sitcom, bemoaned the disparity between writer pay and studio profits. Quote, all of these, I, I'm thinking it in the Green Lantern voice. All of these corporations are moving their emphasis away from employees and treating us all like cogs in a machine as opposed to parts of their profits, he said. In the old days, when the head of a studio was a single person, he cared how the studio was perceived and what the studio created. Now all they care about is what's the stock price today. I mean, he's 100% right, but this is true of every business now, it feels like, in the United States. AI is only part of it and not even the biggest part. It's this nationwide late-stage capitalism obsession with the bottom line. And, 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 and what is it? Uh, growth, what is it? Year over year, increase in growth. Uh, yes. Uh, infinite into the horizon. Infinite into the horizon. You see it in the frozen minimum wage. You see it in the explosion of CEO pay. You see it in the collapse of financial institutions. You see it in the fact Stock that buybacks. Stock buybacks. We're, we're at risk of breaching the debt ceiling, which is the most insane idea create a, a disaster no one wants created for the stupidest reasons i am still a democrat a member of the democratic party a democratic voter a democratic supporter a democratic volunteer i think the democratic party is improving over time but a it might be too little too late and b the other party is moving away from governing into pure terrorism at this point so what can be done who can offer a glimmer of hope government isn't stepping up enough people can't do it themselves Unions. Unions built the strong middle class in this country post-World War II. And the decaying of unions is a major factor in the deterioration of the American quality of life in our lifetime. The WGA is a union and has been very successful in the past. They've gotten what they wanted for most of these strikes. But more importantly, they acted in a timely fashion. They struck in the early 80s because they saw HBO and Showtime, pay TV, were on the horizon. And they didn't want to get screwed out of money for their work being That's true. That was a Prussian 80s strike, yeah. Right? They they struck in the late 80s as blockbuster video was taking over the world and cable was taking over the world. And then they struck again in 2007 to counter, as we said, the rise of streaming. And now, just just as streaming, I think last year, streaming hours overtook network hours in viewership. And AI is asserting itself. They are acting. The AMPTP is not sympathetic here. The WGA, I think, is 98% in the right. So fuck yeah, stick it to them. This is great. Yeah, man. That's uh, that's a creed occur I can't uh, disagree with. I Thank like you. it. Thank you. You know, I, I um, yeah, I, I can't I can't say that better than what you just said, but I could I could um, say that the I have a certain amount of hopelessness about this because it's like as completely uh, <laughs> Positive and alloyed I am with the WGA and friends of ours like Nick Nadell and 
Who are in the is he on the pick? Is he stri- Is yeah. he like actually? Yeah, he's in the, the picket. He's in the picket line. Yeah, exactly. Good for him. I'm sure Kevin. While you, I'm listening, but while you talk, I'm going to go to his Facebook page. And see yeah, no, him. you'll see. You'll see pictures. I think Kevin. Awesome. Kevin cool. must be in the WGA too. I'm sure that you know. But we have a bunch of friends who are in the. He guild. must. You know what? I, I should ask him. Okay. Yeah. But um, yeah, it's it's like the, what they're asking for is completely in the right. The problem is, is that at this at this moment, um. He's like after having watched something like fucking uh, Wednesday, the series on Netflix. If you would have told me that Netflix uh, Netflix had designed Wednesday with AI, I would not have known the difference. It's like you might as well say that <laughs> a show that was so perfunctory and so lackluster uh, that was just based, you know, was essentially they got a computer to write it and they just shot the episodes in whatever order with some stylish visual flair and a lot of CG to, to you know, to essentially cover the holes up. And the script was immaterial. The story of that was, was right out of the box. It might as well have been written by AI, but I think there were still humans on that. And if you would have said, for instance, there's this gigantic the most expensive show ever made by streaming just launched last week. It's called Citadel. About two spies. It's supposed to be a sexy spy romp. Really? With, with what, the, what network is on? I haven't heard about uh, it. I think it's uh, I think it's a Netflix. It's a Netflix deal. Uh, yeah, you haven't heard about it because it's it's terrible. It was essentially taken over halfway through by the Russos. Who, uh, they fired Netflix fired the guys who were making it, brought in the Russos to fix it, and they spent like another two hundred million dollars. To repair, to reshoot and repair, so it wounds up being the show that like the season cost something like I don't know five hundred million dollars for Netflix, which they got their you know they got that in their couch cushions. Right. And it's, well, no, I actually saw the, the the total amount that the writers are asking for an increase. I yes. think it was four hundred million dollars. Yes. Which is one quarter of what Netflix spends on a on a stock buyback. Yeah, it's exactly in it's, one quarter. Yeah, that's so important. Jesus, it's, these fuckers. It's a rounding error. There's no yeah. shit. It's a rounding error that they're asking for. It's preposterous. Anyway, I, I'm bringing out these examples to say, you know what? I could totally see the AMPTP saying that what we're going to do is. We, can, you know, this is untenable for all the reasons you said about year over year, quarter over quarter growth into ad, ad infinitum. You know, with like the, they have no one to bow down to except the stock price. They're, they're the quality, the look, the 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 the, it, the quality does not matter now. If you just have five shows that are essentially the king of the shows that are outlying for the uh, actual, you know, the case for themselves as being shows that are going to last for all of time, the rest of them are just little moving autoplay boxes on Apple TV and Netflix. And it's like, I, I hate to slander the people who write them. It's not their fault because they're asked to write what they wrote. And it's, it's not their fault it's bad. They were asked to make something that was essentially generated by an algorithm. Um, this four quadrant, four, you know, demographic type bullshit. AI could do that because there's no characteristic to it. And so I don't see, you know, like what's going to make them hurt so bad that they're not going to say fuck you to the AMPTP. The producers can write stuff on set. You know, that's what they've been doing for the all of time. And they're going to get AI to generate it. I mean, this is a doomsday scenario. I hope it doesn't go this way. But I have so little faith in um, the AMPTP you know, who are just acting in the interest of stockholders for these megalopolis companies to do anything that would even be remotely considered humane. TV writing would be in danger of being only for young men and women whose families could support them. And the thing about residuals, I remember I sold spec scripts to The Nanny and Boy Meets World uh, uh, when I was out here, and I could survive off those while trying to be a writer for two, three, four years by repeats. And, and and if that goes away, this will become a business that you can only do it if your parents are well off enough to help pay your rent. Why, why are they striking now? Well, the WGA, Writers Guild of America, is an outlier among labor entities in that, uh, and this was super interesting, a great proportion of their workforce 
is always mostly unemployed. Yes, it is. But that's Hollywood. That's hot. Yes, I learned that when I when when I when I was nineteen and I spent the summer dating the girl whose dad, her father, is Paul Hirsch, legendary Hollywood he uh, editor. editor. He yeah. edited Star Wars. He edited Carrie, and like. I'm like, oh, you must have it made. And she's like, he just goes from job to job. And there's like, he's, you know, they're not poor, but there's no job security. And that really opened my eyes to like, Hollywood's worked that way for a long time. Yeah, I mean, the, the WGA is different than the, the Editors Guild and the, and the DGA and all these. Right, but I just mean Hollywood in general. You I know. From job to job. But in particular. You don't get a, you don't get a W-2 at the end of the no, day. No, actors and, actors and writers are the least employed of all these people. And, you know, the thing is Screen Actors Guild has a better case you know, they're going to essentially have, they're going to have to fight this battle too because they could be replaced with deepfakes soon. And, you know, they're going oh to, they're going to argue that. But for right now, people, oh, fuck people sakes. are using, this is the tip. Why of, are we doing this? This, this is, is the, so stupid. This is the tip of the spear right now. So oh. the thing is, well, and, and, and I, again, I think I just caught into this, that th- their workforce is mostly unemployed. The It's the bottom rung of a business. You know, in a way that the other guilds, including the DGA and, and the other one is called IATSE, which I've only re- learned about in the last year. IATSE, that's the, um, uh, what the fuck is it? Internet? No, it's, uh, I forget. That's a, uh, that is a group of like a hundred other small unions, 500 other small unions underneath are comprised. The, it's almost like the teamsters of show business among like the editors are inside IATSE. Um, that's, it, that's a big union. But those guys are sort of holding back and waiting to see what happens with the DGA. So the thing is, the Writers Guild is constituted differently. So I, I think the sympathy, almost like if you, you could, just is a clear bad guy and a clear good guy, like the Works Progress Administration here. This is this is like some old school, you know, Diego Rivera murals and some like Woody Guthrie folk songs about you know about the small guy. I mean, it's ridiculous that we're talking about this in Hollywood, but it's completely appropriate. As ridiculous as it may sound, the writers right now are a David. They're trying to sling a Goliath into fairness and the goliath is bigger than it's ever been the goliath is like fucking head in the clouds tall way bigger than the fucking biblical goliath is and you know to essentially to claw back what would be a rounding error like we keep saying over and over again so the popularity the sort of galvanized idea that everyone in america if your if your name isn't sumner redstone or fucking rupert murdoch how could you not but get on the side of the writers it, it just seems to be so clear a case of alloying anybody who cares about fairness and labor in the side of the right. The only defense I've heard from the producers is we can't afford this, which is Horseshit. total bullshit. Utter bullshit. Because yeah. you look at A, stock buyback, CEO pay. I mean, Netflix made how many billions dollars in profit? Not in revenue, in profit yeah. last Net. year. I mean, Net. they are. And, and I mean, I'll get to this in a minute. Look, why? Technology enables workers to be more easily crushed. You know, as I said, no more, much less syndication. Much less chance for revenue, much le- much more chance to 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 be opaque about what numbers the shows are doing, so you can hide the truth. You can say, "Oh, this show bombed," even if it didn't. Uh, and of course, you know, other forces, inflation, and general societal greed, make it harder for people to live. We're all going through this. Housing, you know, housing costs, food costs, and you know, um, wages aren't going up, especially but, in the places know, where those writers typically live. Right. So a trend that this is a part of, that we a former topic of the show we haven't mentioned yet, is anti-work. This idea that, that largely sprung out of the pandemic, that people are realizing their value, which again, um, great topic. People realizing that companies don't have all the power. It's not the company tells you what to do. It is a relationship among parties. 
you know, if people don't want to work, oh, nobody wants to work is bullshit. People don't want to work for shitty money and they have the right to say no if they can find another way to live. Um, you know, another a thing that's being talked about in terms of unions lately a lot is you hear a lot about uh, the various Starbucks areas, Star, I don't, but Starbucks unions yeah. that are being formed. Yeah. And more people at that level are unionizing. And yes, absolutely. Starbucks workers deserve more money. They deserve more stability. They deserve dignity. But fuck it. The writers deserve it 10 times more. Because in my opinion, writers are the reason we love TV. And if Netflix is making money, writers should get a big fucking piece of that. I mean, think about something like Succession. Yes. Yes, Susie. She just tapped me on the shoulder. This cat is amazing. Uh, she agrees with me. She's a, she's a socialist. She's a leftist cat. Uh, yeah. So think about Succession. Yes, people liked the music. They liked the cinematography. But what did they talk about the next day? They talked about the characters. They talked about the dialogue. They talked about the storylines. Okay, yeah, they talked about the acting. Fine. Brian Cox and Jeremy Strong and Sarah Snook are all great. But more than that, they talk about the storylines, the characters, the dialogue. And that is writers. Writing is vital to movies and TV. As much as Starbucks is right to unionize and strike, imagine if the workers at Starbucks also harvested the coffee beans and developed the recipes for the marble loaf and manufactured the drugs that people shoot up in the Starbucks bathroom. That is basically what writers do for TV. Why? Because they're fucking right and they're getting screwed and it's about time and good for them. It used to be that a writer would come up with an idea, they would write a pilot, maybe you would shoot the pilot, and then the network would say, we're making a series, at which point you would hire a whole bunch of people to figure out what the season is, and you would all work together. And uh, now they say, okay, why don't you hire a bunch of people to figure out the season, then we'll tell you if we're gonna do it, and if we do do it, most of you are fired anyway. Mm -hmm. And um, and we're gonna pay them WJ scale. Right, and, and we're gonna pay you nothing. Right. And so- And they'll take it because there's not a lot of gigs. Yeah. The, there's no guarantee. Noah, uh, would you have liked the Writers Guild strike as a kid? When you were a child yeah. member of the Guild, would you have liked it then? Yes. Well, you know, part of me dreamed. I had several ideas for screenplays when I was in my 20s, all of which I think would actually be good. Did I tell you I wrote a treatment treatment? I wrote like two paragraphs for Heathers 2. I had an idea for, for a Heathers later where you get Winona Ryder and Shannon Doherty back to Anyway, no. Uh, well, I would have always said nominally I support it because I was always a lefty, but I actually think I would support this less because I said this before, um, you know, I was I, I, becoming more, more of a lefty as I get older. And I was naive. You know, I thought... Business, I mean, maybe it was more true back in the 90s, but I thought businesses and the power brokers and money people were less rapacious and less greedy and had, you know, the good of the commons and the good yeah. of the workers. There was somehow a, gra a greater check on their rapacity. Right. I mean, I whether there was or there wasn't, I certainly believe that. And I was naive enough to, I'd probably still be on the side of the workers, but I. I'd definitely be more of let's hear them out or find a compromise or that kind of thing. So, yeah, I would have supported this, but I would have been less fuck the AMPTP. I would have been, well, it's, let's slightly fuck the AMPTP. So I actually would have liked this less if I were 
If this had ha- I mean, I guess it did happen when I was a kid, but I didn't give a shit. Yeah, you see, that's that's my point. Is that I was going to say, I, I this happened in '87 or so, and it happened again in 2008. Where I was more aware, but I didn't lose anything from the one that happened in 2007, 2008. I was tangentially aware it was a worker, a labor, a labor issue, but it ne- didn't necessarily knock anything out that I, you know, was there paying attention to the box scores to make sure that it was going to come back and the Red was going to win. You know, it's famous that Batman 1989 was a casualty of the first of that writer's strike that happened in 1988. Really? Yeah. What, like it was supposed to come out a couple years earlier? No, no, no. Is that Batman went into shooting with an unfinished script and they essentially were putting it together. Um, it's it's a renowned fiasco, essentially. Really? I, I had no idea. Yeah, one of the things is that there were... I, I learned new... I wrote my thesis in college about Batman people and i learned new things about that. yeah the script you know the script was know. was uh, credited to sam ham and warren scourin yes. uh, which sounds yes. like ridiculous fake made-up names i know but... two both both have a rhyming names yeah that's great uh, but those guys really didn't write the script it was put together by a billion monkeys at a billion typewriters and they were just you know was it producer john peters and those guys um and that, that's surprise that's surprising because i'm i'm a believer that the movies and stuff put together by a billion monkeys at a billion typewriters are never good yeah and while it's not my favorite movie i think it's acceptable yeah no it's i think it's exceptional it's amazing but you know, really? that's the thing yeah, is, i like, would go that far but like, okay. like that happened at the time <laughs> and you know i really wasn't aware of it. it wasn't something that you know only later on do we sort of hear the oral history of it my point is is that when i was a kid even though there were writer strikes i mean not as a kid but only but you know just 15 years or so ago i was less aware of these things yeah i think i would have tuned out this this to me looks like a little bit of how the sausage was made it's inside baseball type shit um, you know, but but the thing is, the inner workings of of show business have kind of become a feature of what programming is these days. It's it's almost like the back end is you know you, you open the hood and the whole point of it now is who's making this and how are they doing it. It's become really transparent where you can't hide the people, you know, inside of like a, a Bangladeshi writer factory, you know, that just is poor, you know, poorly made with no <laughs> ventilation. And there's a bunch of guys from like you know uh, William and Mary yeah, the, College in there writing the scripts for you, like yeah, the ne- the Netflix sweatshop, the right? Netflix yeah triangle shirtwaist yeah. Uh, making all the yeah. TV shows. Oh Jesus! So I you know I I it's it's the the ignorance I had of the 1988 no seven strikes the pro- would definitely not recur this time if I was a young person today, but you know the proof is there that I kind of did live what lived through these things in great ignorance back when I was a kid. There's a chance now that the Writers Guild of America East and Writers Guild of America West will go on strike. Uh, we don't know right now if that's going to happen, but it looks like they may go on strike, and it could mean that all of your favorite television shows uh, will go away. And, and they may not come back. We somewhat covered this, but there's, I, I have a little more to say. Is, is this strike a sign, an auger, harbinger of the apocalypse? Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's, it's safely that because this is, this is an actual real, 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 real labor action for people at the bottom of a stunningly lucrative industry. They yeah, but 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 here's the thing. I sorry to interrupt you. I saw a stat. This oh, the average Hollywood writer gets two hundred sixty thousand dollars a year. Sure, but remember that's an average. Yeah. That includes whoever the that uh, includes Ryan know, Murphy's the, deal with the F- Damon Lindelof, the yeah. people who get ten million dollars yeah. a year. Right, right? and that's the yes, thing is exactly. that in the middle of all this is that you guys like Ryan Murphy, the um, American Horror Story, and 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 the, yes. you know all that stuff that he puts together for FX and whatnot movies, and that also includes Bad Robot. J.J. Abrams, which has this ridiculously top-heavy multi-million-dollar-year deal, which they don't turn yeah. out anything for it. That is a but that, you, you average balloon. that. 
you average that with a guy who's you know in the in the guild, but yeah. pulling down twenty grand a year because yes. he can't get right. lasting and, work. And yeah. that's it. So they're using this average against the, you know the vast like, as if that number lies and screams lies, but people are still using it. It's no ridiculous. one understands statistics. I know that's it's true. So, so you got you know like you were actively watching or were watching actively rather uh, uh, you know an effort to crush the lifeblood of what makes TV and entertainment possible. T I use TV. That's another metonym. So. So, you know, we're, we're going to agree, though, and I'm glad you brought it up before. You mentioned TV is great, T, you know, T, and what makes TV great is that streaming entertainment, you know, uh, th this is, in fact, important. This is like a, a cultural lifeblood. At least it's a lifeblood of what we're all distracted by in the current circus while, while we're in the current um, swirl of decline, you know, as we're circling the drain. For any of these things, it's like, you know, the irony is that we're having this fight about TV and TV is one of the few things that we kind of agreed on because people generally watch some of the same big ticket things. But everyone, yeah. everybody, everybody gets their own balkanized TV show. Look, at Rednecks watch fucking Yellowstone. And it's like, you can't yeah. you, you can't watch Yellowstone if this doesn't work. So, you know, that's not going to happen. But then the fucking liberals. Yeah, that's it. That's a good point. That's a good point. Everyone's fucking equally. The, yeah. I bet the writers for Yellowstone are pretty damn lefties. I bet they're all. Uh, yeah, I mean, maybe, uh, maybe they're not. It's yeah, hard to tell. Maybe, you know. maybe I'm not. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think I've made it clear. I think this is good and necessary, and possibly the thing that will possibly head off apocalypse. But, but I want to bring up the downsides of this. People are. I mean, this is their sacrifice. People are losing their li livelihood, and not just the writers who make a conscious decision. Um, you know, I they, it trickles down. Everyone in Hollywood, they said, think about it. Think about you, you're in Los Angeles and you have a family catering company, yeah. right? Yeah. You lose these gigs where you're catering for sets. And the, do, you, and the, do you know what the honey wagon the, is, by the way? The honey wagon is that's the on-set shitters. There's a whole business of oh, people. Oh, okay. Yeah. Fine. The, the guys, the, the people who own the honey wagon company and the guys who supply it. And, you know, going back to the, the caterer, the, the unemployed actors and costume designers who work as caterers, all these people are going to lose. And all these people are gig workers, too, most of them. Right. So so they're going to lose money, too. So I don't want to, you know, I don't want to say that this is all good. Um, I mean, look, I, it's some pain is necessary. And yes, that's easy for me to say, because I probably will lose minimal business because of this, if not nothing. But, you know, I'm just some idiot on a podcast, so whatever. Also, and someone brought this up. I thought this was interesting. Something I've said a lot, maybe not on the show, is Hollywood is the most conservative industry. And when I say conservative, I don't mean right wing. I mean afraid. They, you know, this is why a thousand monkeys are a thousand typewriters, because they're terrified of making a mistake. And it's very, you know, the rare person who takes a chance, e.g., uh, what's his name? Um, Matthew Weiner on um, Mad Men, right? The story is every HBO turned it down, every network turned it down, every network turned it down. One one guy in AMC took a chance on it. It's a monster hit. So now every network is doing some stylish show of people fucking each other in the 60s, right? They all jump on the goddamn motherfucking bandwagon. They are incredibly conservative. And their job is this, to tell you no. That is their job. Right, right. They, they're scared. They're copycats, whatever. This adds risk this adds risk and uncertainty, and it's going to make these people even more conservative. So get ready for when the strike is over for a few years of stuff that's even worse, that's even more jumping on the bandwagon, even fewer fresh ideas. For almost five weeks now, the writers of television dramas, soaps, variety, and other shows have been on strike against producers. Several thousand strong, they're members of the Writers Guild of America. 
And a spokesman said today that no formal talks are scheduled. All right, Noah, let's uh, begin to wind this down by talking about jealousy. Yes. Uh, do you yes. feel any element of envy with this uh, horrible task sure. we're looking at? Ab- absolutely, I do. I mean, first of all, you know, you talked about the, and you can find, I actually was disappointed with a lot of the signs I saw online. I didn't see that many jokes that made me laugh out loud. But, you know, you can find them online, you can look. And it looks like fun, and people are saying it is fun. You know, it is fun to fight for something that you know is right and you believe in. And, you know, I wish I had a union. You know, there's no union for what I do, which is kind of frustrating. I mean, there's, you know, I'm a trivia writer and a trivia producer. There's a community for that, but I'm not central to that at all for a variety of reasons, even though, you know, I've been doing this for 20 years. I mean, my grievances with my industry aren't the fault of a half dozen giant companies run by rapacious CEOs, but still... I would like the camaraderie and someone looking out for me uh, in my line of work. And I don't have that. So, you know, I'm jealous that there's a cause, a righteous cause to fight for. I mean, there are plenty of other righteous causes I can fight for, and I do some of that a little. But, you know, this, this looks like creative people getting together and, and fighting a fight that feels good to fight. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's interesting. I was going to go, I'm going to go the antonym of that and say it's like I'm not a bit jealous of this because strictly the size of this effort and the amount of risk involved, you know, this is precarious. And, you know, the worst part is there is no ending in sight. People are saying that this could very well go on to December before there's a... You know what? Fine. Fuck it. There's plenty of, I mean, at least as far as I'm concerned, there's plenty of content to still watch. No, there's, for us, there is to watch, but it's like you're talking about yeah. how are people... Still... I know, but talk about the caterers and yeah. the honey bucket People got to buy like, fucking, know. you know, eggs are expensive I, right now. So, and the worst part is, is that at the moment, there's no real reason for the AMTP to capitulate to the writer's demands because I, I, I have an inkling that they are fully aware that they can employ shoddy AI, you know, my whole thing, my whole Wednesday scenario again to write it's these scripts. Not, I don't, look, yes, in a few years maybe, but no fucking way. Could they do that with AI? You now? could say no that, way. but the Overton window would come. By the way, this is a side note. Did you know that you cannot copyright as of now AI-generated ideas? That is outside the American copyright. Yeah. Yeah. I believe part of the demands of the WGA, I don't know if it's strictly that, but it's like you can't use our work to train AI. That's true. But you could say, you know, I think they're very smart and anticipating visual, the threat Visual of AI. artists are having the same fight, but there's no such thing. You know, everyone's art is being scraped for, for um, um, you know, crayon or whatever the thing was called, Dali. Like, you know, their yeah. their art has been used to train AI, which is amazing. It's it's done. It's already been finished. You know, why are we why are we using these things to replace the jobs people enjoy doing? Can we build a fucking AI to clean a toilet, for Christ's sake? Jesus. So the, the scale named after a guy who didn't pay his writers until yes. he was shamed. The yes. Jimmy, Jimmy the Fallonian Fal- scale. Jimmy Fallon scale. Yeah, so what you- That's another good thing about this. There's, there's less Jimmy Fallon. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, some, something I've heard referenced a few times. Uh, I saw a tweet that kind of went viral. They said, you know, you need writers. Because when producers write shows and design shows, you know what you get? Quibby. Quibi. <laughs> That's true. Qui- we talked about Quibi on this. If you forgot about Quibi, Quibi failed for many reasons. You know, the Quibi people said it was all the pandemic. Yeah, it was part of it. But one thing people in no say is a big reason it failed is it was it was a thousand monkeys at a thousand typewriters, and and they were barely even. You know, there were monkeys that that barely knew how to write. So this is Quibi times negative one. So you know. To whatever extent Quibi was bad, this is good, plus anti-work. So Quibi times negative one plus anti-work 
is where on the Filonian scale, compared to all our other old topics, you will find the WGA writer's strike. I am, I, uh, I'm, this is great. I this like is, this. My, I mean, I'd say this is the best thing, but it's kind of like, it's not, you know, it's apples and oranges. Yeah, it's interesting because I, I had difficulty with this. It's I, I agree with the importance, but I also I agree that this is a one-of-a-kind topic. I mean, we're never going to cover something. Well, we're not, we're not going to cover this again. I mean, maybe there's going to be a DGA strike. Maybe there's going to be a... <laughs> we're going we're to end up doing strikes every... every yeah, I don't month. I don't strike yeah. it. Yeah, I don't know. I was, I yeah. just, I think the metric, for some reason, I, I wrote down, don't, don't hold me to this, I TikTok minus K-pop. Which is some sort of a Noah Tarnovian <laughs> type computation. It I'm just, not even it sure. It just whole sounds thing. right. It's just TikTok minus K-pop. It's got a good rhythm to yeah, it. TikTok yeah. minus K-pop. It's a sense to work. Okay. Uh, yeah. So I believe that uh, I believe that does bring us to the end of uh, yet another. I, I believe so. Non non Hibernian episode of our podcast. Uh, back to Zoom. All these great things that we uh, we do for the comfort of our own desks with our feet on the ground. And we keep reaching for the stars. Uh, so if you'd like to find past episodes, uh, labor actions and things like that, look on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Google Play, and Stitcher. You know what? Fuck that. Don't give those motherfuckers your money. Don't find past episodes of the show. We Wait, that's a terrible idea. Let's not do that either. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. There's got to be a good way we can do it. I mean, they can't just go to SoundCloud? They're not gonna, well, they can go to SoundCloud, but, you know, big SoundCloud's going to take a big piece of that money from them. I, I just I have no idea. I don't see I don't see how that's relevant, but okay. All right, yeah. Tweet to us at No One Bill Show. Write to us No One Bill. Don't, don't get tweet it. to us. Fuck Twitter. I'm done with Twitter. <laughs> Give us a review on the aggregators because people find podcasts through uh, activity and things of that nature. I'm on Twitter. The, the Twitter that should be fucked. I am on it at William Scurry, and uh, my video content is on uh, YouTube at YouTube.com/slash/AMCSer. Uh, I'm all about the big quiz thing. Bigquizthing.com, America's premier source. For customized private and uh, corporate uh, live trivia events, uh, you know, uh, if you listen to our last episode, you know we are we conquered Dublin, Ireland. Bill, yeah. big twist and conquered Dublin. We did what the English and, could not do. Right, we're booking heavily for the summer right now, virtual and in person. We got a lot of fun gigs coming up. Pretty excited. We're doing an event next week for SC Johnson. You know the the, the cleanser company. Yeah, sure. And they were planning in April an Earth Day themed quiz, all about the Earth and ecology and all that, and it got postponed. So, Earth Day quiz in mid-May. Pretty excited about that. I'm hosting here in San Francisco. Um, but we do events all over the country, and as I said, in other countries. So, go to pinkquizzing.com, learn all about it, uh, get a free consultation, take a sample quiz, have a good time. All right, so until the next episode of the show, uh, when I talk about how I'm looking out my window and seeing Noah and his picket sign walking back and forth for a fairer bit of the gigantic podcast loot that we get from this show, we, we don't, don't get, get it. it. A production of American Caesar Enterprises 2023.